everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm back with Noah Sanders and we're talking about farming and homesteading and food because food is a necessity, right? We have to have it to live. I've often said, I wish so many times that we could just, someone could just, maybe you can do this, Noah, invent a food pill that like on the Jetsons, remember they had their little machine and it would just like Rosie would like push the buttons and it would just pop out like their meal. That I think they actually had a meal, but I don't need a whole meal. I just need a little pill because sometimes I don't have time to eat a meal. So I just want it to pop out like a vending machine, right? Just put in a quarter, it'll pop out a pill that will have all the nutrients and everything that I need and I won't be hungry anymore. And then when I want really yummy sushi or a good steak or something, I can go enjoy that. But having to think about food, at least three times a day, plus snacks and all the other things. Oh dear, <laughs> it gets so overwhelming. I know some mamas enjoy that. I, however, do not. And I feel like it gets in the way of homeschooling. Like, I'm like, are we still in the kitchen? Can we please go do some math? Can we go do some history? I don't want to deal with food anymore. And then all the cleanup. Anyway, in light of all that, I am so grateful for uh, what the Lord has provided for us. And I'm so grateful for his incredible creation and that he has allowed us to have the ability to farm, to homestead, to grow our own food. I mean, how awesome is that, right? So we're going to talk more about that today. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. They don't have anything to do with homesteading. But if you're learning math that does play into homesteading, I'm certain in some aspect, right? You've got to count. <laughs> you have to you have to know some math, I'm sure, to homestead and to farm. So if you want to know how to do math or your kids want to know how to do math, visit ctcmath.com. Well, Noah, welcome back to the podcast. Um, it is such a delight to have you here with us this week. And I love your heart for God's creation and for helping to teach and train other people on how to use what we have access to for God's glory. Um, and I want to talk, uh, first, I want to talk about worldview, um, because I know that as I've read through your stuff, you are so passionate about farming and homesteading through a biblical worldview. And why does that even matter? I mean, who really cares what your worldview is when farming, right? Aren't you just growing food? Talk through that. Yeah, so when I uh, was first learning about agriculture, thankfully I was saved at a young age, and so I was really passionate about like whatever I did. I really wanted to just bring glory to the Lord through it. Um, and I've always been interested in things with my hands, crafts, and stuff like that. So I did blacksmithing for a while, and I did oh, musical instrument repair and all those kind of things. And and normally, you know, the way it's, you know you you kind of bring your your faith and your values to that is through your ethics, you know, through doing a really good job of being honest and hardworking and all that kind of stuff. But there was not a whole lot of controversy around, you know, what's the best way to to make a nail as a blacksmith? Pretty much, you know, maybe a little different styles. But once I got into farming and I'm like, okay, well, how can I be the best farmer there is? And what's the best way to grow a chicken, you know? And all <laughs> of a sudden, like, it's just, you realize how there's these... Very, it's a very controversial topic because you have different perspectives on how is like the right or wrong way to grow a chicken. When I grew up, uh, I was in Auburn at the time in Alabama, and they had the big industrial style, you know, chicken houses where you never saw the chickens. 
And that was kind of one approach um, mm. where it's very efficient and all that, but also, you know, not very chickeny in terms right. of birds. <laughs> um, and yet that's where most of all of our chicken comes from. So I'm grateful for the farmers that that do that. But part of it's like, is this is this what God loves? Like, is this right. reflecting who he is and his design or whatever? And then you had, you know, a whole another group of people that are like, oh, you're evil if you grow chickens that way, you know, like you need to grow them free range and outside and, and organic and all this. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, if I, if I succeeded over here as, as an industrial scale chicken farmer, then these people would say, I'm doing, a, I'm, I'm being a bad person, you know, in a sense, in the way right. I'm treating chickens. And then over here, if I'm trying to like be organic and free range, all these other people are saying, you're not, you're just like, that's not really going to feed the world. And so I'm like, whoa, what, how do I, what do I do then? You know, how do I reflect the Lord in this? Why is this so controversial versus these other things that I've been involved in? And I felt like uh, eventually the Lord showed me it, it's part of it is because when you're farming, you're dealing with living things. And whenever you deal with life, there's an ethical, moral dimension that comes to play that isn't necessarily there when you're just dealing with metal or something that's a non-living you know, entity. And yeah. so what it means is that like your perspective and your worldview on life, the origin of life, the value of life, whether there's mm. purpose and design in life and all that impacts the way that you make decisions about how to manage that life mm -hmm. and the more i delved into it, i recognize you know like there almost nobody in any of these camps that i was learning from and trying to get information from acknowledged god and a biblical worldview even if they were christians like mm -hmm. that wasn't didn't it didn't bring that to bear necessarily right. on how they farm so i began to realize that like the industrial kind of model that i grew up around was much more, you know, man and science had all the answers. We have a problem. We can figure it out. We can fix it. We can, you know, uh, course it somehow through science to do whatever we want it to do and technology and all that. And we value uh, production and efficiency and minimal cost is like, that's, that's how we measure success. And yeah. I know this hand over here, we had, you know, nature and it is something that's so special the environmental approach where it's we kind of like worship nature it has all the answers mother nature is like we want to respect and honor her and we don't want to mess up the way that nature works and we want to value sustainability and you know all minimal impact and all those kind of things um and so i was like well One's kind of like looking to man for all the solutions. One's looking to nature for all the solutions. I I believe that God has the solutions. Yeah. And that Jesus is the foundation that we've got to lay if we're going to build anything that's going to last. So each of them are tr are living. They have different farming models because they're trying to bring to bear their values in the way that they farm in the mm -hmm. models that they are using. So... If I believe differently than that, if I have a different worldview, what might that produce? You know, um, right. how can I bring that to bear to impact what I want to do without just like adopting like one of the, you know, like which camp do I come into? Well, neither one is perfectly like in line with my values. So I ended up writing a book called Born Again Dirt, different than my website, Redeeming the Dirt. Born yeah. Again Dirt is on, uh, uh, you can find it on Amazon, but it's really just addressing like, how would a biblical worldview, wh what might that look like? Mm -hmm. um, and I do end up falling a little more into the camp of 
um, because I'm, my approach ends up being saying, okay, God owns everything. Right. So I'm just a steward of it. He knows more about farming than I do. So I want to go and look at his design and understand that I have responsibility in that, but not to disregard or coerce things to do stuff differently. I feel like the more, like, not that we don't have the right to do that sometimes, but the more I'm in line with God's way of doing it, I always find there's, there's blessings and benefits and it's easier to do it that way. And then recognizing that it's not about me, it's about bringing glory to God and serving others. And at the end of the day, I'm dependent on him to make it things grow, you know? And so that produces a kind of agriculture that probably leans a little more towards um, what people would consider organic farming, that that kind of thing, because it's, you know, we're focused on people-based systems, on natural solutions, but not from a save the earth point of view or not where we don't appreciate what industrial agriculture brings. But sure. most of the problems we face today are, you know, kind of rooted in some of these things that we just forgot to ask God what he cared about, yeah. too. And we kind of go down that road and and uh, we're so grateful, but we all, for, for the people that are still doing that, but we all have starting points that we need to start saying none of us are perfectly reflecting God's ownership, God's stewardship, God's design, God's yeah. all that. And we're not all living in, in like, uh, in an unselfish, like, sh- uh, how can we bless people the most through this? None of us have arrived there. Like, that's where Jesus is up here. Right. Somebody may have been born into and have an industrial farm. They're over here. I'm over here with a little baby farm that I got started because I didn't get born into industrial farming. The point is, how can we encourage each other to move closer to reflecting who mm. God wants us to reflect as we basically ask ourselves the question, what does my farm tell the world about the God I believe in? Mm, wow. You know, and I yeah. know that it doesn't accurately tell that well. So how can I help it to tell that story better? Yeah. And that's not a story of perfection. It's a story of the gospel, which is how can I share that story of me repenting, learning something new and trying to change in order yeah. to go through that process of living out the gospel on a day-to-day basis. And that's why it's so important, because if we don't acknowledge that our values play into what we do, then we'll just be ignorant of the battle and unknowingly like adopt or be reflecting values that we don't intend to. And that's dangerous, you know? Yeah. Wow. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Noah. 
So, all right, Noah, I told you at the beginning, I, I have no idea about farming. Like I have a couple of plants in my house that I have kept alive for over a year. And I'm pretty excited about that. And I should say, probably it's my daughter who has been the better one at keeping them alive. <laughs> They're just... in the kitchen and she'll start to see one dying off. And then she's like, mom, you got to water the plant. I'm like, oh yeah, I do have to water that plant. Don't I? I should probably put it in the window so it gets some sun. But I just, I do not have a green thumb. I mean, I have, I don't know, like a blue thumb or a purple thumb. I don't know <laughs> what you would call it, <laughs> but I do not have a green thumb. And I, I, it sounds so terrifying to me to even attempt to even just grow a small garden in my backyard where I'm just growing like some herbs or maybe some strawberries or a lemon tree or something. That just sounds so fun, but it also sounds a little scary to me. So talk to us about how would we even get started? And then, you know, there's the whole question of, because I'll go to the the nursery, you know, and I'll see, well, there's the organic stuff and there's the conventional stuff and and half the things, I don't even know what they are. They have all sorts of weird Latin names. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. How do we get started in homesteading? If we're, we have the ability maybe to do it, but we have no clue where to start. What do we do? Yes, that is a really great question. And I would really encourage everybody to start with prayer. If this is something that you're interested in, like we only have one life to live and we don't want to be doing anything that's just superfluous. You know, we want it to be like, okay, God, if you care about this, if this is something for me in this season right now, show me. If not, like keep me from it so that I can stay focused on what you've given me to do. So I'm not a proponent of like, oh, just everybody should, you know, that possibly could should grow a garden. Sure. I do think way more people should than are, but the biggest value that you're going to get out of a garden is what you learn about the creator. And the the real goal that you need to be going into it with is like that idea of trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your paths. I love uh, one person said that it, another way to think about that word in all your ways acknowledge me can also perhaps uh, imply like seek to know like the, a relational aspect like so in all your ways seek to know me and then i'll direct mm -hmm. your path so when we go out and we're in creation or even when we have the opportunity to take time to like enjoy a good meal and enjoy food we should be trying to like what can how can i experience some of who god is through this you know i don't want to you know sometimes people will will turn an idol into anything like anything into an idol but yeah. God's creation is how he like overflowed in his in, in who he was through this beautiful artwork of this creation. And so often we're disconnected from that in this man-made environment where we see God through people, which is great because we reflect him in, you know, in one of the most uh, tangible ways because of our we're image bearers. But his creation as well has so much to speak to us. Um, and part of it is too, also just this, like you said, the fact that we have to eat three times a day is a humbling thing. Yes. <laughs> you know? and we don't necessarily have to eat three times a day, but we have to eat, you know, on a regular basis. It's a right. humbling thing. It's a grounding thing. The same thing with guarding. It's a very grounding. It is, you know, homesteading is not a, it can be romantic and stuff, but it's not glamorous. You know, like it, right. it, it roots you back in like reality of our dependency on the Lord and, mm -hmm. um, and being in the land. But I would just encourage people as, as you go to say, Ask God, what do you have right now that you you can start with? Um, and 
a lot of times we're scared to think that, you know, to, to try to grow stuff. And we're trying to figure out what is that one perfect solution that's going to be the magic bullet, you know, that's going to allow us to grow food, whether it's the fertilizer or a certain growing container or whatever. Yeah. Um, and those things can be helpful. But I really think that God wants to speak to us directly more than we often give him the opportunity for. There's so many times that I've experienced problems or challenges or things like if you go out and you say, God, I don't know how to grow a lemon tree, but you made them. So right. maybe I'll kill it and I'll learn something doing that. But if you can teach me something, like show me, I, I want to learn from you and I want to do this together. Yeah. Uh, one of my heroes, George Washington Carver, mm. was really good at just going to the creator and saying, why did you make the peanut? You know, how does yeah. this work? How does that work? And my mentor in Africa that taught me uh, the model we use of farming, he had was failing in his farm and then just went to the to the woods or the forest where he realized all these other plants grow perfectly fine every year with nobody taking care of them. It can't be that hard. If this is the way God does it, what's something I can learn from it? And he took a few principles away of just like minimal soil disturbance and covering the ground with mulch that he applied on his farm because he saw that in the woods. And his farm became one of the most successful ones in his country. And he is now that 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 methodology is transforming farmers lives all over Africa and it came wow. from going to God because there was no resources he else he could go to and God showing him that so when we talk about organic or conventional um I think sometimes it's helpful to set those aside a bit and just like go back to God's creation and say plants have grown for all of you know earth history since the beginning of creation yeah. And they have a certain productivity in their natural state. And then God at the beginning reorganized his creation to plant a garden for increased beauty, increased productivity, and to be a beautiful place to be, a space yeah. to 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 be in. And so for us to to do that is not sometimes as daunting as we think if we just start with that childlike heart and just mm-hmm. say, Okay, God, what can I do, you know, at the beginning? And be don't jump in too fast too quickly. Um, that's yeah. one of the biggest problems that that people have. Be willing to start small and yeah. uh, learn from somebody that is already doing it and don't mm-hmm. try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Uh, as you're saying those, I'm thinking that's just like homeschooling, right? <laughs> don't start too big. Don't jump into everything all at one time. Start small if you need to, one subject at a time if you need to, and have someone mentor you. Have another mom who has gone before you, who's homeschooled, you know, oftentimes that's the podcast. That's partly why we do this podcast, because we have guests who come on and talk about these things. We have you come on and talk about homesteading. Like it's so neat how the body of Christ works together. And when we pray and ask the Lord, you know, to provide what we need, he is so faithful to do that for us, whether it's in homeschooling or homesteading. So uh, we're out of time though. Noah, uh, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We're going to come back tomorrow, talk more about this. Um, where can people find you? And I found out during the break that you actually have a podcast. Tell us really quickly about that and then where people can find out more about your ministry. Yes. So uh, my podcast is the Redeeming the Dirt podcast, and you can find that pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. But if you go to redeemingthedirt.com, that's where a lot of our other resources are. And we have an online academy that you can find on there that's free, where you can learn and interact with other Christian farmers and some other educational resources as well, as well as online uh, uh, live trainings that we do on our farm if you want to take advantage of one of those. 
Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You guys, we will be back tomorrow with more from Noah Sanders. Thank you for listening today. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back tomorrow. Stay tuned till the end of the show to get a clip of what we've got coming up next. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com rocked. As Christians who wanna know more about God and who he is, We have a responsibility to study His creation. And often the world is better at proclaiming the glory of God displayed in creation than the church is, when we really should be the standard bearers of like saying, look at how awesome God's wisdom is in creation. Look how it displays His forgiveness and His abundance and His beauty and His diversity and His creativity and all that. Oftentimes we can say, well, my mission field is my family, yes. But to disciple our family well, our kids need to be part of serving others, mm-hmm. not just like us serving them and then someday when they're gone, we'll serve somebody outside of our family, right. but through hospitality, through, you know, like where we have a missional mindset of impact. Yes.